Hey everybody, welcome to Rebel Parenting. I'm your host, Ryan Dobson. I'm Laura Dobson. So good to have you here. Thanks, honey. It's so much better. This is the program where we all get better at marriage and parenting, and I have failed my way to success. So just remember, your failures are just new learning experiences. Mm. Laura, what are we going to talk about today? Today on our show, we're going to talk about grace. Mm. And we're going to talk about grace from the perspective of our new book coming out, Rebel Parenting, and from... Uh, Paul David Tripp's book, Parenting, his uh, chapter two book on grace. Oh, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. And before we start today's program, last night we found out the Supreme Court may overturn Roe v. Wade, which we think is fantastic. Obviously, I'm super, super pro-life. I'm adopted, Mm -hmm. and I've been working in that industry for so long. And just last night, I was going through my emails and I saw the notice that Supreme Court was overturning Roe v. Wade, mm. and I found the email I sent to my biological grandmother reaching out to my bio mom for the very first time. So I thought on this historic well, let's give day— some context, too, for how many years. Like, oh, yeah. You hadn't reached out in, what, 49 years? 48. Eight years. 48, 48 years. Okay. Is that right? 48 yeah. years he's never reached out. But this is a historic day for our country, so we are celebrating. Yeah. That's right. This was August 11th, 2018. It was almost five years ago to the day. And I won't tell you her name because it's none of your business. But uh, dear, I'll just say biological grandma. It's not what I said. (laughs) I don't know if we've ever met, but it couldn't have been for very long. I apologize for reaching out this way, but I thought at least intrusive. My name is Ryan. I was born July 12th, 1972. Your daughter. Ever since I learned what adoption means, I thank God for you and your husband and your daughter every day of my life. I can't imagine the sacrifice you all made for me. Thank you. I have no way of knowing how you all feel about that decision or that period in your lives. I hope this email will help. I am 47. My goodness, I was 47. (gasps) Married then 12 years with an 11-year-old son and 6-year-old daughter. I've had and continue to have an amazing life. It wouldn't be so without you all. Again, thank you. I can't believe I finally get to say thank you to you. How feeble those words seem in light of the past 47 years, and I am truly grateful for every day I've lived. I would love the opportunity to say thank you directly to your daughter if you would allow allow it. And then I put, please. (laughs) I would love to learn more about you all if you are open to it. And I recognize this might be shocking. I have a great family. I'm not needy. Smiley face. (laughs) We live in Colorado. My parents moved from California in 1991, and I moved here about 10 years ago. I grew up in Arcadia. I attended San Gabriel Christian School, Arcadia High School, Maranatha High School, graduated college. I've lived and worked in Washington, D.C. Finally, I would like to tell you another part of my ongoing story. For the past 18 years, I have traveled all over the U.S. speaking and raising funds for adoption homes, pregnancy resource centers, Mm -hmm. and homes for underage pregnant moms. Because of the sacrifice of your family, I've had the honor of speaking hundreds of times in front of over a million people, sharing my story and the love of Jesus. For more than a decade, I have used those crowds as a proxy for your family, saying thank you to the workers, supporters, and volunteers. Finally, finally, I get to tell the people I've wanted to most. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Words will never do justice to my gratitude. My only request is you allow, or at least ask your daughter if I could say thank you to her. God bless, Ryan. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I have dry uh, 
well, whatever. Grace. <laughs> but you know, it was such a gift. It was such a gift from the Lord to track that down after all those years and to reach mm-hmm. out. And you know, here's the truth. I remember that email came so easy. I wrote it in just a matter of minutes when I found her email address because for decades, mm-hmm. I'd been saying thank you to other people. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what I wanted to say. And truthfully, I would have been sad if I didn't hear back, but I had made my peace. Mm-hmm. I felt so content that I finally got to say the words I wanted to, which was thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for keeping me. Thanks for letting me live this life. And since then, I mean, we've met. I had grandparents. I just lost a grandparent, which was a brand new sad experience. I have siblings and all kinds of family members that we celebrate with. And it is a miracle of adoption. It's a miracle of the Lord. And I celebrate it on this historic day. Amen. Yeah. All right, let's dive in. Thank you so much to our sponsors. And first of all, our sponsors are you. Thank you so much to all of our monthly supporters. My goodness, it is such an honor to receive your gifts in the mail each and every month. We appreciate it, and it helps us continue doing what we're doing and continue fighting this good fight for these great causes. So Mm. thank you. And if you'd like to join the Rebel Parenting Army, you can at rebelparenting.org and click on the Donate tab. Also, thank you to one of our very first sponsors, Covenant Eyes. We used Covenant Eyes before they were a sponsor because it is literally the number one porn blocker available today. We have tried every one of them as research testing for Rebel Parenting because we don't want to recommend things to you that don't work. Right. And I can tell you, I won't tell you the names anymore because I'm going to get sued, uh, but the other companies don't work. And Covenant Eyes at CovenantEyes.com works. You can go to CovenantEyes.com and use the code REBEL. It will get you a free month. Thank you to Covenant Eyes for getting rid of the porn in so many lives and helping marriages and relationships. Mm, Thank you. Oh my goodness. Grace, honestly, this is one of the hardest subjects for me. Uh, My spiritual mentor, his name is Graham Cook. He's a pastor in California. Laura met him and at a real hard time in my life. In fact, I've talked about it a bunch here. When I was going through a crisis of parenting, when I realized I did not know what I was doing and everything I was doing was wrong and I was pushing my kids away and I was pushing my wife away and I went into some very intensive counseling. Uh, And in the middle of that, Laura reached out to Graham and he, oh my goodness, miraculously reached out to me. And I can tell you for... Mm. Almost a decade now, his constant message to me is grace. It's grace. It's God's not mad at you. God loves you. And I'm like, well, are you sure? And he laughs and we talk. And it is one of the hardest, Mm. hardest things. And I think parenting exasperates that so much. Mm. I mean, you talk to moms all the time. The guilt feelings and the shame mom's experience is overwhelming yeah and I think our culture feeds into it so Mm. much that we have to be careful but I think the grace that we're talking about is so life-giving and so accessible that I think it's at worst it's at least giving it a shot Mm -hmm. it's at least worth giving it a try sure you know and I think that the enemy of grace uh, what i see is uh what they spoke about and what we're going to talk about is able parents Mm -hmm. i'm able i'm good i'm good at this i can do this i can i'm good at organizing i'm good at creating or whatever it is and those are all great gifts to have but it's the able parent that tends to be more legalistic that tends to be not 
extending grace. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the broken, the ones that are broken and contrite in heart, me too. Totally. That go to God mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our calling, for the resource, for our strength yeah. as a parent. And if anything gets in the way of that, then, you know, that needs to be destroyed. We need to go to God as the grace giver, and that's where we're going to get it. Mm-hmm, definitely. I can remember being in youth group and talking to parents that were punishing for kids for their past sins. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. Well, I did this in high school, and I'm so afraid my kids are going to do this in high school that I'm going to be extra strict in these areas that they're not showing just to make sure they don't end up like I did. Yeah. And I just think, I remember telling a parent, hey, if you punish for kids the things they're not doing, they're going to start doing them because they're getting punished anyway. Right. That's just how it goes. Well, and I would suggest that that parent hasn't encountered grace yet. That's right. Yeah. And that's what Paul <laughs> talks about most in this chapter. It's not... And throughout the book. Yes. Sorry. I mean, he says that in the beginning. It's in virtually every single chapter in this book, but he really talks mostly about extending the grace to yourself, Mm -hmm. understanding the gift Christ gave to you so that you can extend the grace to your kids. And one of the examples we give in our book, and we've used it here before, but we'll do it today because we're giving a piece of our book and then we're using Paul's and then we'll have another ones, is don't punish for a lifetime. Mm. You got to understand most of your children's lives and yours is failure. Failure (laughs) is the constant. Success is the exception. And weakness is okay. Yeah. Weakness is normal and weakness is okay. Weakness doesn't mean you're not powerful. Weakness just means you have something else to learn. Mm-hmm. And so we don't punish for a lifetime. Uh, there was an older parenting technique that was huge in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And we refer to it as first-time obedience. And what that was was when your child does something wrong, you punish them so bad for it, they never do it again. And it just ruined families. Mm -hmm. It caused so much strife in families. There was no grace extended in those instances when, man, these are tiny little human beings that don't know their way and they're following us. That's why in the beginning when Laura's talking about all those gifts, even if you don't think you have those gifts, chapter one, go back to it. This is your calling. God called you for this specific purpose because he believes in you. Yeah. Yeah. He does talk about like, okay, everybody listen to this. It's not an accident that you're a parent. Yeah. Now your inability or your ability is not really the issue here. Mm. The issue here is your willingness to accept the grace that is offered to you as a parent. There is resource there that's offered to us. That's right. That's right. So I want to start in chapter two. I'm going to read a little bit from this, a little bit longer than last time. Uh, But my goodness, it's so important. And this book just changed my life. It has changed it in so many, so many ways. So here's the principle. Chapter two is called Grace. The principle, God never calls you to a task without giving you what you need to do it. He never sends you without going with you. Many fathers and mothers carry a particular problem into their parenting, and they don't know it. It affects the way they think about the task that has been assigned to them. It affects the way they view their children. It shapes their responses in all the hard moments that parents face. It determines what they will say to themselves as they begin their day or as they crumble into bed exhausted once again. It leaves many parents feeling unprepared, unable, and discouraged. It causes many parents to wish they could just quit when they know in fact they can't. It tempts people to look over the fence and wish they could have what other parents seem to have, but what seems to have passed them by. It makes parents give in to the temptation to say and do things that they know in their heart of hearts they shouldn't say and shouldn't do. 
What is this silent but deadly problem that affects so many parents? Way too many Christian parents have a great, big, trouble-causing gap in their understanding, celebration of, and reliance upon God's grace. Let me say it now because it will be a theme that will be in some way in every chapter of this book. Here you go. There is nothing more important to consistent, faithful, patient, loving, and effective parenting than to understand what God has given you in the grace of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're thinking right now, Paul, I don't need more theology. Ryan, come on. Really? Another Bible lesson? I need practical help. I believe everything the Bible has to say, but it doesn't seem to have helped my parenting. I would ask you to open your heart and be patient with me as I explain, because this may be the most important chapter for you as it changes you. It will change the way you relate to and parent your children. I'm going to skip it a little bit and go down to here. Mm. So it needs to be said and then explained that as a child of God, you have been given not only glorious past and future grace, but amazing present grace as well. This grace te- reaches you whenever, wherever God has placed you. This grace reaches you in your darkest parenting moments. Mm-hmm. This grace addresses your feelings of inability. This grace touches you when you feel you're at the end of your wisdom. This grace is yours for the taking when you're walking down the hallway and you know that you've just blown it. This grace reaches you when your child seems rebellious and hard-hearted and you don't know what to do. This grace touches you in moments of deep parental regret. It gives you a reason to get up in the morning and to be able to sleep at night, no matter what you're facing at the moment. If you would ask me what is the most important thing that God has given you as a parent, I wouldn't say the wisdom principles of his word. No, I would say his grace. Let me explain why. Hmm. I wish I could read the entire chapter to you because it's so powerful. And it, I'm so excited about it. Oh, look at this. We get to show the book because we've changed our lighting. Oh, and oh. here's our home cover book. <laughs> I know, it's so... That's not even the one that we destroyed. Well, that's a new I'm destroyed. Just, it's a new destroyed. Well... Uh, that's a lot to digest it is but it's so transformative it's why i get so excited about it because i needed it more than anybody else needed it probably i felt so guilty and so ashamed and i had visible signs of my bad parenting i had visible signs of my bad husbanding to laura i was driving my family away and through amazing people like paul tripp and this book parenting my goodness I get to experience the love of Jesus in the relationships I have with Laura and Lincoln and Lucy. I get to feel things I've never felt before. I get to feel deep joy and love and empathy and sadness. I I figure out sooner when I've blown it. I apologize quicker when I've blown it. And I repair fences and bridges faster when I blow it. And it is so awesome on my face. I'm just ridiculous. I look over on the side and I see like I'm just geeking out over this. <laughs> the freedom I feel from the bondage I had of mm. guilt-based parenting yeah. versus grace-based parenting, yeah. it's worth a billion dollars. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's the greatest thing. It's so much fun. I'm If you... Get into this book and you read Paul's words and dive into this wisdom. I'm telling you, it will change your life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I've got a video. 
from Paul. It's only two minutes. It's very quick. We're only 15 minutes in. So let me play this quick video for you, and we'll come back and discuss this and finish up. God never calls you to your task as a parent without giving you what is necessary to do it. God never sends you as a parent without going with you. Here's what's really important to understand, vital to understand as a parent, that God doesn't call people to be parents because they're able, but because He is. He doesn't call you because you're wise, but because He is. He doesn't call you because you're faithful, but because He is. He doesn't call you because you're strong, but because He is. You see, He meets you by His grace. How important is that? You're going to fail, but there's forgiveness for your failing. You're going to be weak, but there's strength for those moments of weakness. You're going to have times where you don't know what to do, but there's wisdom for those moments. Because as a parent, I love saying this, you're never left to your little package of resources because your Savior has invaded your parenting with His grace. His grace is your hope that allows you to own your weaknesses. It allows you to confess your failures. It allows you to admit moments when you've been foolish and not panic because God meets you in every moment of parenting by glorious, sufficient, tender, forgiving, transforming grace. As a parent myself, that gets me up in the morning. Wow. How cool is that? No, it's encouraging. Isn't it great? Yeah, he's so encouraging. Yeah, I love it so much. And here's the truth. I love Paul because, like me, he says when he started his parenting journey, he was self-righteous and a rule follower. And you can ask Laura, my brain loved nothing more than a rule to tell someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was the Karen of all Karens in parenting. It was awful. It can was I just... give a funny rule? Ooh, okay. Just one? Oh, sure. Well, the funny about the toilet paper. Oh, which that's way... fine. Yeah. Which way the toilet paper so goes on... A toilet paper roll, right? Yeah. There's actually a patent that uh -huh. Ryan got and downloaded and found the patent for which way the roll should go. So if you're ever wondering, just ask us here at Rebel Parenting and we will clarify that up for you. It goes on the outside, <laughs> like all people <laughs> or know. Or just contact us for that. Anyway. Yeah. Just, but and, uh, you know, that was one of those things. It's a rule. And the there was a rule about loading the dishwasher and there was a rule about cleaning. Oh my goodness. There, there was never a situation I didn't have a rule for. And God's grace broke all of those things into adaptability and flexibility. I mean, I was the most rigid, brittle, breakable person. And by the way, breakable. Everything would break me. Everything would frustrate me. Everything would cause me to, to react in anger. Yeah. Everything would be frustration because everything was a failure. Yeah. Instead of everything was an opportunity to get closer to my kids or to get closer to my wife, instead of being right next to them, I was right over there by myself in my self-righteousness. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say, like, we're not here to say no rules. Let your kids be no. flower children. No, we're saying abide in God and abide in his word and abide in his mm -hmm. love. 
And I think the people that tend to go towards those rules have this this sense of wanting to control things as yeah. a parent. And I think as a parent, especially now after the pandemic and everything we've gone through as a as a world and as a community, as a Christian yeah. faith, um, you know, I think what how I has s- it felt to be controlled for two years? Right. How has it felt to be told what to do and to have new rules placed upon you every single day and rules that you don't know and rules that make you feel uncomfortable? And when when is this rule going to change? And, and then did the rule change here? But it's not changed there. And that's how so many parents are. Parent, yeah. You know, and that's how we parent. And oh, I had a one. Um, but in that, I just wanted to share, like, the hope is, is coming with that grace, is I think there's a level of healing we, as Christians, need to engage that um, is going to rise us up so we can actually be there for our children that are suffering mm-hmm. and for the community around us that are suffering. Um, that's just my own belief. Totally. So, you know, I don't and know. I can tell you a way that I've changed in this. Mm. So I'll tell you, my mom and I fought over cleaning my room my entire life entire life yeah that was like one of the top five things she told me about you yeah absolutely (laughs) if i were to allow my mom into my room today she'd still say something about it because i'm a messy person and my room's messy and we fought over it all the time now we'll tell you it's totally okay because culturally that's where parenting was all parents did that every sitcom had things about that every parenting book had things about getting your kids to do chores and clean rooms and all that kind of stuff and i'm not saying that you shouldn't be tidy or clean I'm just saying that it was, it didn't help our relationship to fight every single day over it. I was stubborn in that. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm going to get in my bed and mess it up tonight. Why do I need to make it every morning? It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And so I have not made my kids clean their room. Now, my son, when people come over, he cleans his room like crazy. If Lucy's going to have a friend in her room, she wants to clean her room. And I've been fine with that, but I've been dying for a mom to argue with me. You can ask Laura. I have looked so many places for that mom. It's like, no, you should clean your room every day. Like, I'm a huge Jordan Peterson follower, and he says you should clean your room every day. But that's a self-sacrificing thing. It says you should, on your own, decide to choose to clean your room every day right when you wake up because it's a good way to, to enter your day. It's not being forced to do that. I finally found a mom. Her name is Andrea. Her husband and I are in a club together. Actually, she's in it too. We're in a big group and we meet once a week. And I was telling her this theory and she goes, oh, I make my kids clean their room once a week. And I was like, oh, please tell. And she goes, Saturdays, we clean our rooms. Everybody cleans the room once a week on Saturdays. We get rid of all the food, all the plates. Some of the kids don't get to have food and plates in their rooms anymore because of ants. Uh, but then their rooms get tidy once a week. And then we know where clothes are. And we put everything away. And I was yeah. like, that's ingenious. Mm. Now that's a great one. It's such a good compromise. You don't need to clean it every day, but Saturdays yeah. let's clean rooms or Sundays. Let's start the, the week off with a tidy room. And for me, it was such... But I know it's so interesting to be sitting here because I, like in my brain, I just have a, a, a Rolodex, if you don't know what a Rolodex is, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Figured a it. Rolodex of moms that do require their children to do that. And that's okay. It's totally okay. If that's, that's how your family how behaves. how you roll. And if you're not fighting over it and it's not causing strife and derision between your not, family. If it's creating the fruit that you want. Yeah. And the holy, the spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit sure. in your children and yeah. in you. Mm-hmm. If that self-control is, is being birthed in, in that, yeah. then awesome. But 
I think you're going to have to ask yourself, is this creating a wedge? This is just one issue. Hi, there's thousands of issues to yeah. choose from. But you got to ask yourself, what wedges might I be creating because for what I want to control or what I think yeah. it should look like or what my kids should dress like or what my kids should talk like? All right. those shoulds. And I will say that my mom did come up with a compromise for me too. Yeah. Uh, I kept a sleeping bag in my closet. And a bedspread on my bed. And at night, I throw the bedspread on the floor, and I would sleep in a sleeping bag on my bed. And then in the morning, I'd throw the bedspread back on my bed, and mm. I'd throw the sleeping bag in my closet, and it made my mom happy. Mm. And that was a great compromise, and I learned that from her. But I also look back, and, and I don't – this is not a blame or a pointing finger on mm. any level. Every single parent was doing this. But I was looking at the future with my kids, and I know my brain – and I know my rule brain. And if my rule brain says you got to clean your room every day, then we're going to fight about it every single day until you do exactly what I tell you to do. And I couldn't see any good fruit from my personality trying to force that in my kids. Right. And so it was so great for me to find a compromise in a very wise mom that gave me a new perspective. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about grace to it. It opens you up to hear other people's experiences or failures mm. and you don't regret the past you're a with that grace upon you you don't regret all your failures and you're able to talk to other moms and dads hey this is what i'm seeing this is what yeah. i'm doing what are you doing and there's a much more learning uh, the willingness that i talked about earlier in in yourself in your mm -hmm. soul and in your mind and in your spirit to really what seek god's grace and then also seek out his wisdom yeah yeah it's interesting. There's just more freedom. Well, I was thinking intently about what you were just saying because I was trying to think of all the past failures I've had because there are so many. And this is what I can tell you. I'm sad when my kids were little, I was a bad parent. Mm -hmm. And the relationship the Lord has allowed me to build over the last almost eight years, mm -hmm. it's coming up on eight years. Mm -hmm. They'll be 16. It's so good now. I'm just overjoyed. Yes, I wish I wasn't that person back then. And I've seen that even if you, this is why it's exciting for me. Mm. Even if you blow it so bad for so long, you can still change. And that's the hope of grace I want to give to parents. I was so bad as a parent when my kids were young. And it took me apologizing and going to therapy and going to therapy with them and getting counseling and getting spiritual counseling and listening to the Lord and getting broken and getting broken again and failing and failing again and learning to apologize, all those things. And in deciding to do that, because it's a sacrifice, it hurts, I've gotten the greatest gift in the world. I just didn't know how good parenting could be. It's so funny looking back at our old programs on giving advice because I didn't know what good parenting or good marriage was. And now that I'm experiencing great marriage and great parenting, it's like, oh, it's so much better than, than I knew. And you can have it too. So that's our message to you. Your failures are not failures. They're just new experiences to learn. Mm, that's perfect. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you. Thank you to all of our monthly sponsors for keeping us on the air and keeping us in the fight. Thank you. Thank you to Covenant Eyes at CovenantEyes.com. Use the code word REBEL for a free month to get rid of the porn and help improve your relationships. Thank you so much. We'll see you on Thursday for current events, and we'll see you next week for more Rebel Parenting. Bye, everybody.